Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to our guest, the former U.S. Small Business Association Entrepreneur of the Year, Clay Clark. Clay is the CEO of Thrive 15, a leading business coaching program. He's also a member of the Forbes Business Coach Council and author of nine consecutive New York Times bestsellers. Clay not only has been featured in Fast Company, Bloomberg, Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, and numerous other publications, he's also the host of Thrive Time Show podcast, which has hit number one on the iTunes charts for business podcasts six times. Clay has founded 15 multi-million dollar companies, including a successful marketing firm, a world-class entertainment company, and an online business school. Clay is best known for all the businesses he has helped others launch and grow by utilizing the wealth of knowledge he attained through studying the past and present giants in business. Today, we're going to talk with Clay about using proven systems to skyrocket business growth. Many of his clients have had over 300% growth in a year. We'll learn what's worked from Clay's experience, what could be avoided, and how some businesses are missing the mark. Clay, welcome. Hey, I appreciate you for letting me harass your guests today, and uh, uh, hopefully we can uh, all learn something today. I mean, I can learn something from you, and the guests can, uh, the listeners can learn something from me. Absolutely. Well, very happy to have you here. Can we start off by having you share a little bit of your background and got you to where you are today? Well, it's a, a simple one, two, three program. A uh, step one, I went to. Uh, I grew up without money. I grew up without money. So step two, I just determined that I needed more money to buy the goods and services I, I needed. And then step three, I decided I was willing to trade off everything in the way to get that money. And so I wake up at three a.m. Most people wake up at six or seven or eight, and I've been doing that for twenty-three years. Well, I think that you have just demonstrated that with your one, two, three, that you have a process yeah. and that maybe you're focused on money. Right. Yes. Absolutely. So, so do you find that a lot of entrepreneurs when they're starting businesses or they're enmeshed in businesses aren't as focused on money? Is that where they go wrong? Where do you well, think they get off the track? That is a wonderful question. Um, I have a book that all the listeners can download for free uh, called The Boom Book and they can get it at uh, thrivetimeshow.com. They can download the ebook for free. It's called the boom book. You can get it. Just click on the podcast button. You can download it. And in there on page four, we have this uh, diagram that it shows a linear workflow from left to right. All right. So it's a linear workflow. And what happens is, is most people, step one, don't have goals, defined goals. So I have five kids. So I sit down, I say, self, I have five kids. I want to have five kids. Before I had five kids, I had the thought, I want to have five kids. So I asked my uh, potential wife-to-be, do you want to have five kids? She says, yes. Boom. Goals. That's the achievement of goals. If she said no, I would not have married her, and she would have married me. We, we, we agree on the same goals. we got five kids. We want to do that. So I want to spend time with my kids. So my goal is to make the most amount of money possible in the least amount of time so that I can chase my wife around and see my kids, which I helped 
bring into this earth. Uh, but my wife did most of the heavy work there. But I want to spend time with my kids. And so I want to spend time with my kids. I need to make the money I need. So one particular company is called Elephant in the Room. It's a men's grooming lounge we have. We have 4,000 members. It's like a country club for men's hair. And I pay myself $2 per haircut. Two. I could pay myself more, but just two. So $2 per haircut. It's a membership model. Um, I make roughly $8,000 a month with that company. It's $96,000 a year. And I use that money to pay for uh, private school, toothbrushes, uh, silky chickens, a lot, of, a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of cat food. We have 13 cats. And we also are feeding the raccoons right now. And then I have thousands of trees and a man cave waterfall and these kind of fun things. But I don't care about money. Money is just the fuel I put in my car to get from A to B. Uh, for me, a business is just a vehicle to get from A to B. So I focus on the money right away so I never have to think about the money because I don't care about money. I care about getting to my destination. I am as passionate about money as I am fossil fuels. I just need it to get from A to B. Okay. So what should entrepreneurs be passionate about? Everything that you that doesn't everything that you want to lit if you had all the money in the world what would you do and then that's what you should be passionate about and the business should just exist to get you there that is my worldview so my partner and i um you know between the two of us there's 15 multi-million dollar companies and he's the top optometrist in the state of oklahoma that sees the most patients he also owns a bank and an auto auction and he's a great guy and he loves his patients but he never sees patients like he never, ever, 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 never, ever, nor does he ever go there. And so, or like the bank, the one place you won't find him is at the bank or the auto auction. So the, I believe I want to build a business that can serve me and my customers. And I call it the three Ps. I want to have a great product that I'm proud to show my mom where my mom goes, oh, well. I want to have a profit of 20%. That's my goal. And I want to hire people that I would want to hang out with. Dudes I'd want to have a beer with. Ladies who I wouldn't mind, you know, hanging out with my family, people might, that are wife approved. And then my wife does all the accounting and all the legal. And then I do all the system and workflow creation. And so, um, and then I think if you're a listener out there, you want to figure out what would you focus on? If you were like 85 years old and you had one year left or you're 95, one year left, or maybe you're 45 and you have one year left. What if you just had one year left? What would you be doing with your time? And then figure out how you can build a business that allows you to free up the time needed so you can do what you want to do. And so really what you just said is you are not in the business of being in business. You're in the business of having a business that allows you to have the lifestyle that you want to have. And right. you want to have the right people in place who can run and operate that business so that you are not mired down into it on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. And this would be a great, great point. Um, at our, our conference, we have every two months, people are always shocked, but we don't take on new clients because I only want to take on 160 clients and we have 160 clients. And so people are like, well, what is your goal? You know, what's your end game? That's what I love doing. I love helping people achieve their goals. So one of my clients, I know some of our, your listeners will like this and some of them won't, but every year there's a Christmas tree lighting at the uh, White House. They light the Christmas tree. And one of my clients, I shall announce his name very soon, but he is going to be the musical performance that is playing at the White House when they light the tree. And that was his goal. And that's cool. That's a great goal. And my goal is to hopefully help just one listener today uh, learn something that can help them um, achieve success. That's my goal. But my goal is not haircuts, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. So okay. what are some of the initial, you know, 
roadmaps that an entrepreneur needs to put in place for their business so that they can actually set this up for success? Okay, I'm going to turn to page four of the Boom book here. Here we go. Um, so step one, we want to figure out our goals and specifically how many customers do you need to have per year to achieve your financial goals? How many customers? Then step two is how many hours per week are you willing to work? Uh, I, I start off by telling you, I get up at three every day and I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Just three. It's like, oh, who set this alarm? This is terrible. But then once I get the momentum going and I'm wrapping up my day at five and we see how many people we're helping, that's great. But at three, I don't want to wake up then. But I've chosen that. I'm not mad about it. It's just the life I've chosen. I have, you know, five kids. We got a lot of land and business ventures and stuff. So you got to figure out how many hours a week am I willing to work? I've got one of my clients right now who literally, I'm not, not exaggerating. He literally, every meeting we meet, I, I, he's been a client of mine for almost eight years. And he starts off the meeting. I say, how are you client? And he says, oh, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm just bored. I'm like, you're bored? What do you mean? This is a guy who could barely pay his bill seven years ago. He goes, well, I got millions of dollars in the bank and tons of time freedom. And I'm just bored. So I said, perhaps you should do a hobby. What are the things you're interested in? And he says, learning the guitar. That's what I've always wanted to do. And if I had all the time needed, I would do it. I said, well, hey, congratulations. You're 40. I appoint you as a guitar specialist. And he's like, you got to mean I'm at the age of 40, I'm going to be in classes with 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds. I go, oh, yeah. And it's going to take you like 10,000 hours to get good, according to Malcolm Gladwell. So you better get started, buddy. Now he's good. Like, he can't just strum chords. He can actually play really well. I'm not Dave Matthews, but good. So you want to figure that out. Now, for me, I'd go crazy if I was having guitar lessons all day with nothing on my to-do list. I like to stay busy. So everyone's got their own flow. And don't let me put my flow on you, but figure out the number of hours you're willing to work and run that by your spouse, your spouse. Because if, you, if, you, if I want to create drama in my house, I don't run it by my spouse. Move three, you want to figure out how do you compete with people and what can you do differently or better than your competition? So the elephant in the room is a country club for men's hair. But I wear a hat. The irony of that is impossible. I wear a hat every day. I don't dress up anymore, and I have not good hair. But I own a men's grooming lounge. I did it because I realized that sitting on small blue chairs when always having to wait on your stylist didn't work. So I created the country club for men's hair with my partners, and it does very well right now but not because I am passionate about men's hair or country clubs. I just saw a niche. I've also had a big bakery back in the day that was a very, very nice. We won a lot of awards and it did great. And I really don't like cake, you know? I mean, so you can make, you don't have to be passionate about the thing. You gotta be passionate about your family. Then you're branding. There's 13 steps, for, but for sake of time, the next step is branding and just do an audit and say on a scale of one to 10, how good is my branding? Is my website, does my website look bad or does it look good? And don't look at it with rose-colored glasses because your husband made it or something. Look, be, be honest and say, on a scale of 1 to 10, if Tesla is like a 10, am I at 1 or a 7 or a 6? And you want to make sure you're a 10 on all your branding because um, Michael Levine, uh, one of my partners and good friends, he was the PR consultant for Michael Jackson and Nike and Prince and uh, uh, Pizza Hut. He says that people do judge a ring by the box it's presented in. So if you present somebody a ring in a Tiffany box, they'll perceive it to be of higher value or more prestige if it is in a Tiffany box, even if it was just cubic, uh, cubic zirconium. You could, fake, you could fake people. So the key is to have great branding and a great product because the next step is you got to deliver. And you got to deliver a lot, man, because when you wow people, they refer now. When people are wow, they refer now. Now, if you don't wow people, if they're like, mm, 
It was, how was the meal? It was okay. How was the movie? Eh. That's not going to work. You got to be like my big fat Greek wedding. You got to be like Braveheart. People have to talk about that thing. It has to go viral. It's got to be epic. It's got to be awesome. And that is what I like to do. And then you got to do some accounting because somebody's got to make sure you're paying Uncle Sam so Uncle Sam can build roads for everybody in schools and plant trees and defend our country. And a lot of people don't like accounting. So as we go down that path, you're going to run into stuff that you don't want to do. And what you don't want to do is entirely not related to what you need to do. So you might go, I, don't, I just don't do accounting. I'm more of a big vision person. Well, then you're a broke person, you know, unless you hire someone to do accounting. So I don't like accounting, but I do it. Uh, I'm dyslexic, but yet I read books and I write them. So, I mean, it's just, you got to figure out what you need to do. And then if you're willing to do it yourself, do it. And if not, hire someone to do it. But that is what you need to, to do. Like your wife, who's handling your accounting. Oh, my gosh. She's an angel. She, my wife <laughs> has beautiful white teeth, just like you. Nice like you. Nice voice like you. Nice, nice person. But she's, like, so smart. Like, she's, like, a, I mean, she's an attractive lady. But, but seriously, she is, like, a genius. I don't even understand it. And she just is very good at the accounting, very black and white. We never owe taxes. She's not filing ridiculous extensions to, you know, delay paying bills. We don't have tax issues. She's just... She's great. And she handles all the legal stuff, which means that she gets to talk to my attorney, Wes Carter, who uh, his company is uh, wintersandking.com, wintersking.com. They represent uh, T.D. Jakes, the pastor, Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church, And uh, they, they made a poor life choice, and they also represent me. And uh, they, my wife talks to them every day about the various legal entanglements that I find myself in because if, if you do a lot of business, per million dollars a year of gross revenue, there will be one legal entanglement. That's my ratio I've discovered. Well, that's, that's a ratio that, you know, you can deal with at every million. Yeah, it's every million dollars of revenue. So it's like mm-hmm. one slip and fall. You know, and again, if you got hurt work, you know, legitimately, we have workers comp and we're happy to do sure. that. But, you know, if you're like on camera faking your injury and we caught you, which I, that did happen this year, it's fun. Then we have audio and video of it. And, but then, so that doesn't keep someone from trying. And you got to defend yourself, you know, and it's just kind of the game. No, and having lawyers actually on your side is really, really helpful if you're in business. I think it's one of the first things that people should do is make sure that they have a lawyer who they can refer themselves to when calamity arises instead of just pretending you're an ostrich and ignoring things. Hey, I have a question for you. I shouldn't interview Mm -hmm. the interviewer, but I have a question. You can, sure. You seem like a happy person. Is there something wrong with you or why are you so happy? I'm really happy. I have a good life. See, you, that's what I'm saying. You have a great life. Your listeners know that. And everybody out there listening today, we can all have a great life. We sit down and we are intentional. We design the schedule we want. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to sit down and figure out where do you want to be today versus where are you, you know, where do you, where do you want to be tomorrow versus where are you today? Where do you want to be tomorrow versus where are you today? And figure out how many things you have to sell to afford it. And that's what a business should be. It should not you, be this pursuit of money. You touched on the point that if you don't want to do it and it needs to be done, you're going to be broke because it's not getting done, but you can hire someone to do it. Right. What about hiring? How do you approach hiring, getting the best people on your team? Uh, Now, Andrew, who you met earlier when I kind of our show uh, a warm up here, uh, as I promise not to ruin your, your show for your audience. Um, the, the, we, Andrew talked to you briefly. He, he's a guy who kind of came through that process. But basically, every week with all my companies, mm-hmm. we interview all candidates at, at 6 p.m. on Thursday. 6 p.m. on Thursday. So people who are already employed can come to it. 
And in our country, we have a very low unemployment rate, which is a good thing. Some people say it's an Obama thing. Some say it's a Trump thing, but it's a thing. So people have jobs who want jobs and people all show up at the same time. And I interview all 40 to 80 people at the same time, literally as a group. I call it the group interview. It's my uh, little gift to the listeners. And so no matter what your resume says, if your resume says, hey, I hate, you know, bunnies, I'll say, I'll respond, I won't, my teammate will. Hey, we will love to interview you this, with this Thursday at six. If your resume said, I have an MBA, great, Thursday at six. You said, who are you? Question mark. We'd say, great, we'll interview you when Thursday at six. They all come in at one time. And then I say, Hi, my name's Clay Clark and I own a bunch of businesses. You've probably seen them around Tulsa. And what I want you to do is I want you to write down any questions that you would ask your boss before starting the last job that you no longer like or liked. So you can ask me anything at all about our compensation, expectations, uh, obligations, weird conversations, who's your boss going to be, the org chart, anything, the mission, the vision, why I dress like Adam Sandler, any of these things uh, you can ask. Any bad things you've read on Glassdoor, good things on Glassdoor, good things on Google, bad things on Google, uh, you can ask me about anything, and I will answer them for you. But I'm not going to say to you, What's your biggest weakness? Because then you're going to say, well, I just, I work too hard and I'm so focused. And I just, sometimes I take my work too seriously. And I'm not going to do that with you. So what I'm going to do is you can ask me any questions you want. And then that person uh, now starts to go, well, I can ask this guy some questions. So I go around the room and say, ma'am, what is your name? What position are you applying for? She'll say sales or marketing or web development or graphic design or hair stylist or auto mechanic or whatever it is. And then I'll say, now, uh, what questions do you have? And I can tell based on people's countenance, their aura, if they're a good fit by looking into their eyes and into their soul twice. I go back and forth. It's weird. And then I get the resume that I have. It's called, all the women can do it, by the way, too. Every woman out there, you know, it's intuition. You fit, your husband has no clue that person is a, a serial axe murderer, but you pick up on it right away. The husband wants to, we're like blind to this. I've had to learn it over time. But then if I think I like you, I then call your references and I hire you. And usually there's five people per group of 70 that I like, usually. And then I do read their references and call them after that process. That's what I do every week. So you're looking for someone who has some sort of authenticity and a spark that comes across that is going to benefit. I'm looking for you. I'm looking for people that just naturally are having a blasty blast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you also talk a lot about, let's say, well, one of those five maybe isn't the right person. Your intuition was dead on, but something happened and it went sideways. Well, we have a shadow day, which usually I can figure that out to about a 5% accuracy. So 95% of the time I can nail it down. But if you are a good fit, I'll have you shadow for an hour and a half usually. Just come to the office, experience that which we do, and see if you'd like the hundreds of people that would be in your life now. You know, see if you'd like these people because people have to fit in people. It's kind of like, you know, you're high, you decide what job you want to work at usually based on like, do I like my boss and do I like the people I would be working with? So it's kind of like where you're asking him like, is he always like this? Why does he whisper all the time? Why does he wear that boom hat? Why does he dress like Adam Sandler? You get these questions a lot. And it's like, is that his wife? What does she do? Do we get, why do we start every work day at 7 a.m. and why do we end at 3 and why do we only work four days a week here? Four days a week? Is that, is that real? I mean, there's just a lot of that kind of stuff that has to happen. And then, you know, people usually will say, I need to go to my car. And they never come back. Or they uh, say they want to work here. So why do you start at seven, end at three, and have four days a week? 
Uh, no traffic, so my employees can have better life balance. They can go to the bank. They can go get their hair cut. They can get their teeth cleaned, that kind of thing, pick up their kids at school. They can be a better part of their kids' lives. And then on Friday, they get that off because we have a conference every two months. And so every two months, there is a conference where they're expected to be there, you know, Friday and Saturday. And so I kind of just want to make sure on average, it's like four and a half days a week. Okay. It's easier to recruit, by the way, as well. And then are you having all of your businesses really housed out at the same area? Or do you yeah, we have, have brick and mortars. Brick and mortars throughout the country. Uh, okay. Physical locations throughout the country. But in Tulsa is like the hub of the of the brain it's all the marketing the systems the processes and then it's disseminated out to the the rest of the states okay and one of the other things that you do is seemingly market yourself very well how do you make suggestions to others on how they should approach marketing besides their branding and making sure it's a 10 on their website and logo etc well, um, I have a kind of a, a surprise. I know I shouldn't do a surprises on, on guests here, but Josh, are you here? Are you here, Josh? Are you there? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, I think Josh is there. Oh, God, there he is. Josh, are you there? I am, sir. He's not on camera, so we can't prove he's real. That's okay. But, but There's a voice. Google search living water irrigation. And uh, Josh, how long, have you been, how long have I been knowing you? A uh, little, almost uh, two years now. And you just got on Good Morning America two weeks ago, am I correct? Yes, sir. And all the listeners can Google search Tulsa man buys eight billboards to declare love for his wife. And you'll see him on uh, Michael Strahan talking about you up on the good morning America. And you've also been reached out to by who else has reached out to you? Uh, Kelly Clarkson, uh, Washington post did an article. People did an article, bunch of local news outlets, Fox news, national, uh, 50 something outlets altogether. Clark. Yeah. So it's called three legged marketing stools. There's three things. So Josh, if you Google search, if anybody gets out the Google machine right now and Google's uh, Tulsa irrigation systems, You'll see Living Water Irrigation is top in Google. Yep. They also have the most reviews, and they have a solid no-brainer offer that people like. So, again, they're top in Google with, with the most reviews. Both, both, both those things are true, real reviews from real customers. Two, they have a really hot offer that people like. It's a, what, what's the offer there, Josh? Uh, $1 first service call for all new customers. Yep. And then they have ads that are running on uh, Facebook you know, to their ideal and likely buyers. And then we do sufficiently weird things from time to time. And his weird thing is he's on Good Morning America. And then you did that through a publicity stunt by buying eight billboards. And he did. Your I, I did nothing. Your I just wife. said this might be a good idea. But now he did it. He pulled the trigger. He's the bold man. What made you come up with that? It's great. He, this guy, this it? guy has a psychological problem. Every time you talk to me, say, Josh, how are you? How's your day? He'll say, you know, Clay, I'm blessed. Amy's the best. Oh, Amy, just, and he almost is like you're third wheeling all the time. You know what I mean? Third wheeling when you're on a date yeah. and there's someone with you, a third party, like your cousin, your nephew, or, you know, and you're like third wheel. I feel like I'm third wheeling when I'm around this guy because he's not focused on me. He's focused on she. And that's a problem. So his, he loves his wife. She is the focus. She's the goal. He's a great guy. So I was like, hey, why don't we just take what's out of your head and put it on a billboard? That's why. I would never suggest that with any other client. How are you going to top that? I'm going to do a billboard that says, I love Vanessa more than Josh loves Amy. <laughs> That'll go up next month, I think. Okay. And more cities. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's just fun. I mean, it's just yeah. when you... Uh, money is just fuel, you know, and Josh wanted to share his love for his wife. And that was a fun way to do that. Yeah. That got you a lot of earned media impressions. Yeah. I think he actually is. Josh, do you have another child on the way now? Um, I, we are, we are actively trying at this <laughs> okay. point. I didn't know if that was the <laughs> magic elixir needed to make that happen. So, okay. I just want to name that child after me, that love child. Okay. But no, things are going well Clavis. at home and in the business. Yes. Clavis. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So non-traditional publicity stunts you are a raving fan of, uh, but also you were saying making sure that you actually have a good business, that you're marketing it well, that you're walking the talk. Right. And that's hard for people to do. It's hard for people to um, do a great job because that inqu- requires um, integrity, um, which is where you want to be indivisible and you want to do what you say you're going to do. And that's it, easy to do that when you feel good. But when you're sick, you know, you got a head cold, you don't feel good, the kids are sick. It's a small business owner, there's no sick days, you know? So it's like, do you call in sick to the client and say, hey, I can't install your sprinkler system because I got a tummy ache like you did at your last job? Or do you show up and do it because you said you would? And that's where that, that integrity comes in. And it gets a little bit weird because entrepreneurs, until you have a big enough staff, you got to show up on the sick days. Now, once you have a big enough staff, you know, you can hire people to get the work done when you're not there. Okay. And going back to people, how do you inspire all of these different individuals working within your organizations? Well, there's two things. Um, in my previous life, previous career, it was me having a weekly meeting with my staff on Monday and I'd fire them up. It's very like evangelical, but not religious, very charismatic, very firing up the team. And we would every single week, like a little, like a little middle, like a little uh, Tony Robbins conference for the team. And then throughout the week, there's daily huddles to keep the momentum going. And there's checklists so we don't miss things. Um, so there's no cognitive dissonance in our organization. We are doing what we say, what we're, say we're, we're doing what we say we're going to do. Now, um, Jonathan, who works up in our office, he um, manages the people and he took the place of what I used to do with little huddles, but he's like full-time devoted to keeping all of these people engaged. And then each one of our stores create people like uh, Mana or uh, um, Angela or Nick or Yvette, these people check in with their employees every single day. And you want to have one manager per 12 employees. I call it the, D, the uh, Jesus principle. Because even with that principle, you have like a Judas who might betray you, or you have a Peter who might deny you. But you still, you just don't want to have like one person managing a, a team of 30. It's a disaster. So make sure you are budgeting in for a manager. For every 12 people. You got to. I mean, if you go beyond 12, I mean, it gets weird. My, one of my mentors, Ali Cockrell, used to manage Walt Disney World Resorts and 40,000 employees at the same time. And he talks obsessively about not having more than 10 direct reports or 12. Just don't, because you, you pull yourself too thin. People have to engage with their boss. What do you think are some of the fundamental, most important processes people put in place for businesses? Uh, the processes you need to is you all need to read a, manif- a checklist manifesto by Atul Gawande. Everybody needs to read that book. He is a Harvard professor. And if you use checklists for everything, checklists and scripts, checklists and scripts, you will have success. If you're a builder, I would recommend using blueprints. Measure twice, cut once. But a lot of business owners don't have those checklists because we don't like them. And he talks about in his book how surgeons don't like checklists, doctors don't like checklists, but they're required in certain industries. But a lot of the deaths, and if you read Checklist Manifesto, the deaths in major surgery centers, a third of the deaths, fatalities, are caused by a surgeon who forgot to wash his hands or forgot to read your chart before giving you the medication that's supposed to numb you, that you're allergic to, that kills you. And it's sad. So you got to use checklists. you got to use checklists. If you have an airplane, use a checklist. Don't find out you're out of gas when you're up in the air. Use a checklist. Well, the checklist also allows you to establish systems and processes, which you're a fan of. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you can't mimic it and you can't grow. That is 100% true. Okay. 
What is the other advice that you would give that you think should be top of mind for entrepreneurs who are listening today? Um, one, I think they should listen to uh, your podcast or a podcast like yours consistently because the mind is what the mind is fed. According to Mr. Schwartz, who wrote the book, The Magic of Thinking Big, um, or you, your network is your net worth. And if you grow up without money like I did, you're surrounded by people that don't know what they're talking about. And because nine out of 10 businesses fail, you probably shouldn't ask the average person for advice. Find people who've been to the top of the mountain and say, could you teach me the path? That's what you should do. Find people who've already paid the price, who've already done it, and go to them and say, I will pay you to teach me, or I'll listen to the show. Maybe it's free. I will. But be aware of a charlatan. And a charlatan is somebody who has great stories and great energy, and we call it charisma. They're compelling. They're exciting. But they don't have any examples. They don't have a Josh with living water. They don't have a shawhomes.com. They don't have a barbiecookies.com or real, real things you could verify. They have a lot of, well, you know, I work with thousands of clients all across the country and what I do is I help. Well, do you have any specifics? Well, I would hate to give away their actual information because it's all non-disclosure. You know? Be aware of the person with big, big, boastful, you know, exaggerated claims of success and who can't back it up, you know? And uh, I know it's rude to ever, uh, um, uh, um, correct or provide any type of constructive criticism for a host. But I would say, as an example for me, I have, I have written multiple successful books that are Amazon bestsellers. I have not yet had a New York Times bestselling book. I have yeah. had success on Amazon, but I probably either A, miscommunicated or something was misread on my part. But I will say, if you verify me, you look up me, look me up right now, go Clay Clark. And anybody who I fired, you can see they have a great time on Reddit talking about me. It's a fascinating laser show. Um, but you can also read reviews from thousands of real clients. And then we take it another step further. We have a thousand plus uh, um, clients who on YouTube have shared their success stories and you just type in Clay Clark reviews. And you usually find one person that hates me per 10 just to keep it fair and balanced. But you'll find thousands of people sharing this crazy guy, this pale male helped me. And there was no contract and there was no upsell. I don't get it. And that's why it works. That's good. And yeah. maybe the universe put that New York Times bestseller and whatever material you gave oh, me or we found in tight and oh. that's your future. That's what it's going to be. That's Just what it's going to be. There it is. We throw it out there. We say you know? future New York Times bestselling author. I'll go with that. I don't know what happened. You gotta, I've written a lot of books, but the thing is, uh, it's like business owners are weird. You know, only nine out of a hundred people even start a company. And then nine out of 10 fail. So, I mean, it's like a 0.008% of the world who's interested in reading cover to cover a book on how to get exactly to the top of Google. Because it's like, oh, this is technical and this is boring. But if you can download it for free, Search Engine uh, Domination is the newest book I did with Jonathan Kelly. Search Engine Domination. You can download it for free um, by going to, John, yell at me the domain. It's uh, thebestseobook.com. The, the, the book.com. And that's proof right there. I have no memory. Short-term or long-term term, no discernible skills and no looks, and yet we do well. There it is. You know, it's interesting. I have a literary agent I'm working with, and she keeps on saying that people buy books, and they only read up to, if you're lucky, the third chapter. Oh, that, let me say this. This is going to blow your mind. I have a friend of mine who was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. He's at dinner talking to the person who nominated him, and he says, what did you like about my book? And he says, I, I didn't read it. I just read the reviews. So you nominated me based upon the reviews someone else wrote? Yeah. 
Not Pulitzer Prize nominee. True story. That's crazy. People love to buy. I'm convinced we could write. One of my uh, friends, Jim Stovall, who is a blind man who has become a New York Times bestselling author, blind man who's become a bestselling author, multimillionaire. He writes books with Steve Forbes from you know Forbes magazine. He wrote the book, The Ultimate Gift. This homeboy puts his phone number in the book. And do you know how many people call him? How many people actually pick up the phone and say, hey, is this Jim Stovall? We're talking about almost nobody, which blows my mind. This just in, it's in his book. You can call him. Everybody can call him. Get, get the book, Ultimate Productivity by Jim Stovall. In there is his phone number. If you call, which I did, he'll pick up. Sick. It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. And I have got to get those sounds that you have. You have a lot of great add-ins for your podcast that you're adding into mine. Well, there you go. That's a sound to celebrate you getting sounds. I just, uh, you know, I this just in. She's getting sounds. Holy cow. I, I live for yeah, sounds. Yeah. I'm a former DJ. Ah, this makes so much more sense. I wanted Everything. to be a carny. I wanted to be a carny. I wanted to be, but they rejected me, and I became a DJ as my backup plan. There you go. Yeah. This whole world of yours, who you are, totally coming together now. Yeah, and I want to put the listeners out there, just because you make money doesn't mean you have to be bougie. You don't have to be bougie. These, these uh, shelves behind me are uneven, and they're cut out of wood. They're live edge, and they're filled with books. And the, wall, the walls are uh, uh, a sheetrock painted black with chalkboard stuff. And then I draw on the walls. I draw a lot of quotes on the walls. Andrew, can you move the camera around to show? I draw on the walls, and this is my man cave. Now the rest of the house is nice because my wife has class and style. But my, you could live. I mean, you could live frugally. I encourage you not to. There's my wall. The things I draw, the books. Just kind of pan it maybe wide so you can see it all. It's just, you know, I mean. But if you then maybe you open the door, you can see the cave. I don't know if you can do that. You can open open the door, Josh. Can you? Open, there's the cave out there. Can we do it? We have the technology. We have the drive. There's my backyard. You see the waterfall and the cave and all. Yeah. You can, you know, so, I mean, just, I mean, I had to have a house with a cave, but I don't need to have, like, gold-plated chandeliers in my man cave. <laughs> you can live cheap if you want to. Yes, including with your cave and your pool outside. That's right. You got to have yeah. a nice pool outside, and then there's a kind of a mullet. It's kind of like formal out back and party in the front or something, but reverse mullet. <laughs> That's awesome. So how can our listeners learn more about you? Where should they go? And you had offered the boom. Yeah, what are, this is we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. How can our listeners, what's the best way for our listeners to leave a review for you? What's the best way? Spotify, iTunes, where do you want that review? iTunes. Okay, so the listeners right now can search your podcast right now and yep. leave you an iTunes review. Subscribe and leave this wonderful young lady a review. Leave you a review. If they leave you a review, what I'm going to do is uh, you sc screenshot the proof. You got to prove, come on, move those thumbs. I, I got carpal tunnel and I get anxiety when I use my thumbs. But go to her website, go to iTunes, leave a review, and then send me a screenshot to info at thrivetimeshow.com. Info at thrivetimeshow.com. And you can attend one of our in-person workshops for 37 bucks. There's no upsells, I promise. 37 bucks. You don't have to pay 250 or 500. 37 bucks. And the one in December, Michael Levine, the PR consultant for Michael Jackson and Prince and Nike, he'll be there speaking, sharing how he did it. The PR guy for Nancy Kerrigan, you know, Charlton Heston, he'll be teaching branding. I mean, this is so sick. I, I'm getting nauseated. This is a hot deal. Then you can go, uh, we'll hear uh, OxyFresh's, uh, uh, one of the businesses I work in is called OxyFresh. And we just opened up our 400th location, our 400th franchise, oxifresh.com. 
and our franchise brand developer who onboards all new franchisees. He's going to be there speaking. And one young lady, Jill Donovan, grew her company Rustic Cuff from two people to, no, I lied to you, one person, from one person to 125 employees. And Jill Donovan will be speaking about how she grew rusticcuff.com. And there's more, but I can't tell you about it now. If you leave a review, and I think as of right now, there's 47 seats left. 47. So just leave Perfect. this fabulous lady a review. And if you don't do it, I don't want you to feel bad. I'm not going to say that you're a bad person. I'm just saying some would suggest that you're throwing away a great opportunity by not leaving her a review. Even if you don't come to our conference, leave her a review. Come on. Leave her a review. I love you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Marketing mistakes and how to avoid them. Yeah. Well, Clay, thank you so much for being on today. Really appreciate it. You are a lot of fun. And You're great. Yeah, make sure you edit me out of the videos and we'll be fine. This will be a great show. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Yeah, just mute Front when I center. talk. Front oh, center. Yeah. Just mute when I talk. It's a great show. You just mute me. <laughs> so for everyone listening, thanks so much for tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you on our next podcast.